Open up your Bible to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Of course, this is the second night of the Anchored Man series. Last week, if you weren't with us, we were talking about the importance of being anchored in Jesus. And we were looking at John chapter 15 when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he just kept saying, remain in me, remain in me. It was like he was saying as clearly as he possibly could, anchor yourself in me, the true vine, and you will bear fruit. And so I want to build on that tonight and I want to talk about the importance of being anchored in the word, anchored in the scriptures. Now, Psalm chapter 1 paints a powerful picture for us of what it looks like to be an anchored man. In fact, this is the very first passage of Scripture. When I first became men's pastor, this was the very first passage that God took me to. And he said, Gabe, I want you, before you do anything else, I want you to start praying this Scripture over the men of the church because this Scripture captures uh, what I'm doing with the men of the church. This Scripture, this passage is it paints a picture of what I want to see when it comes to the men of the church. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. And it's a man who's planted, rooted, anchored in the soil. And so let's, let's read this together, starting in verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Would anybody want that? Just checking. Are you with me on this? All right, is that okay if God has that in store for you? Okay, just checking. Now look at the contrast between that, a man who's planted, a man who's anchored, a man whose roots go deep into the soil, and, and contrast that with an unanchored man. Verse 5, or verse 4, not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. And when I read this passage, two things are very clear to me. Uh, number one, the importance for all of us to surround ourselves with, with good men. That's exactly how that psalm opens up. And we need that. We need good men in our lives. And number two, the importance for us to set our mind on the Word of God, to set our mind on the Scriptures, to meditate on it day and night, to delight in the Word of God. And so that's what I want to zero in on tonight, just for a few minutes. I want to talk about the importance of meditating on the Scripture. And here's the first point I want you to encourage you to write down and think about this. An anchored man is a man with an anchored mind. An anchored man, if we want to be anchored men, then it is so important for us to learn how to anchor our minds. Because our minds are prone to drift and wander, aren't they? If we, if we are not intentional with our mind, with our thought life, our, our thought life can end up in a million different ditches. 
we have to continually steer our mind and come back and anchor our mind in what we know to be the truth. One picture of this is uh, when I was five or six, I would love this. When I would go on road trips, family road trips, my dad would say, Gabe, you want to drive? And what five-year-old is going to say no to that? And so I would climb up from the back seat over the console, and I would sit on his lap and grab the wheel, and he would let me drive. And what I learned very early on, even as a five-year-old, is that if I would take my hands off the wheel, not only would my mom freak out, but the vehicle would begin to naturally drift off of the road and into the ditch. Now, of course, being a good dad, he did not let that happen, right? I was like, Dad, look at this. Watch this. But I learned early on, common sense tells us that when it comes to driving a vehicle and steering a vehicle, it's a continual process. It's not a process that we decide, well, once in a while I'll put my hands on the wheel and actually steer this thing, and once in a while I won't. It doesn't work like that. The car will will be in the ditch if that's the case. Now, guys, catch this. The mind is the same way. Your mind and my mind, if we aren't intentional to continually steer our mind, it will naturally drift and wander into the ditch. And the ditch can be a million different things. I think it's actually important to name your ditch Like, where does your mind go when it's not anchored? What are those ditches that you're most likely to end up thinking about if your mind is not anchored, if you're not steering your mind, directing your mind, guiding your mind, uh, and anchoring your mind on truth? So I I think about some of the really common ditches What about like the the ditch of fear and worry or the ditch of bitterness and offense, kind of rehashing things that people have done to you or the, the ditch of lust, how easy it is to end up there in the ditch of lust or the ditch of greed. I mean, there, there's a bunch of different ditches or how easy is it for your mind to race ahead into a hypothetical future? Right? I call this what-if thinking. Is when we start thinking, well, what if this happens? And then what if that happens? And then what if that causes this to happen? And what if that happens, and this happens, and this happens, and then this happens, and then I got to be ready for this, the result. And then we're tied up, right, in these emotional knots. But that's just another example of how the mind can just go in all kinds of different places, whether it's a ditch or whether it's racing ahead into this hypothetical future. But what we see in the scriptures is the importance of of anchoring the mind. The mind has to be anchored. It just has to. It's just the reality of life. We got to anchor the mind. And the best way for us to anchor the mind is to anchor it in the scriptures. And even more than that, to be even more specific, We can anchor our mind by meditating on the scriptures. The scriptures are such a powerful uh, anchor for the mind. 
So here's what this has looked like for me. If, if I notice that my mind is starting to drift a little bit into a place of fear or worry or anxiety, I'll anchor my mind back in the Word. And the way I'll do that is I will set my mind on certain passages of Scripture. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I will literally begin to redirect my mind back on the truth. Or if I begin to worry about the future and what might happen, if my mind starts to race ahead into this, this hypothetical future, I'll anchor it back in the present by bringing my mind back to the truth of the word. Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow for today has enough trouble of its own. And so on and on and go as, as the mind begins to wander and drift. It's, it's coming back to the scriptures. It's it's thinking about the scriptures. It's meditating on the scriptures. Everybody say meditate. Say that word. Meditate. You know, that word actually means to ponder, to contemplate, to reflect, to think about. And a, a picture of this in the Bible is with Mary. Think about Mary, what it was said about Mary. Mary heard all of these things spoken to her about Jesus. And the Bible said that she treasured them up. She treasured all of these words up and she pondered them in her heart. That's kind of elegant, isn't it? She treasured these words up and she pondered them in her heart. But that's a picture of meditation. Now, where I'm from, we didn't talk in those elegant terms. Okay, we'd say, I'm gonna chew on that for a while. We... I'm still waiting for the redneck version of the Bible to come out. How about you guys? There's all these other versions. How about the redneck version? You could say, you know, as a, as a cow chews on its cud, so Mary chewed on the, the words that she heard. Would you read that version of the Bible? But this picture, you know, this picture of chewing on something, I actually like this picture a lot. And... Uh, Growing up in Kansas, I, I've had a few people call me a redneck over the years. It's okay. But one thing I learned growing up in Kansas is I learned a lot about cows. And in addition to learning that they're really good on a plate, juicy, little A1 on top of them, right? I, I also learned that a cow actually has multiple stomachs. And so what a cow will do so you city folks didn't know this, right? You, you, you city people. What a cow will do is it will chew on some cud and then it will swallow it and then go on throughout about its day and then later in the day, it'll actually regurgitate it. See, if this was a room full of women, I couldn't say that right there. They'd be too grossed out talking about a cow regurgitating its food. But that's actually what happens. A cow will regurgitate its food, bring it back out of its stomach, back into its mouth, and chew on it for a while, and then uh, swallow it again. And it will go through this process over and over again, chewing on it, you know, swallowing it, bringing it back up. And how is that for a picture of biblical meditation? I mean, think about this. Taking in the scripture, and then as we go about our busy lives, 
in the middle of the day, bringing it back up and chewing on it some, pondering it, reflecting, contemplating the scriptures, and then going back about our days, and then bringing it back up and and meditating, chewing on it some more. See, this is exactly what Psalm 1 is saying. Blessed is the man who meditates on scripture day and night. There's a continual process of just chewing on the word of God. Because guys, when it comes to the scriptures, it's not just about intake, it's actually about digestion. It's not about just listening to the sermons or checking the box and doing the daily reading for the day for a few minutes. But it's about learning to actually digest what we're taking in. And this is what Jesus is actually talking about in uh, Matthew 13. Jesus speaks to this. He said, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. Jesus goes on to talk about the person who produces the crop is the person who understands the word, where the word, the seed, is planted in good soil. And through understanding, through digesting the seed, digesting what we take in, there's this crop, this amazing crop that is produced. And one of the key ways that we learn to do this, this digesting, is is meditation, is practicing setting our mind on the scriptures, like thinking about them throughout the day, taking small passages of scripture and then thinking about it throughout the day, pondering it, taking smaller passages of scripture and going even deeper into those. Because I think what happens a lot of times is I think, especially for people who have been a Christian for many, many years, it's easy to become somewhat bored with the Bible. Where maybe you think, ah, I've read the stories. I've read the stories a lot. And and I'm I'm somewhat bored here. Uh, Not too long ago, I had breakfast with a guy in his 60s, a guy I greatly respect. And in a moment of honesty, he said, Gabe, I have struggled lately with being bored with the scriptures. And he said, I don't, I'm having a hard time kind of getting past this. I feel a little bit stuck here. And as I sat with him, I just sensed the Holy Spirit was just saying, encourage him to go even deeper into a smaller passage of scripture. Because he was saying, I've heard the stories, I've read the stories, I've done the daily reading, but I'm bored. And yet the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, take, take smaller passages and go deeper. Don't focus on being as broad. Of course, it's important to understand narrative and the big picture. But I think for many of us, what the Holy Spirit is saying is, is start to focus on smaller chunks of Scripture, but go deeper into it. Allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate the gold that's below the surface. And later on, this guy was like, that, that's actually helping me. And so I encouraged him. I said, take one psalm and focus on that one psalm for a month. And just ask the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you and show you what you haven't seen before. Meditate on that one psalm for a month. Set your mind on it throughout the day. Pray it. Speak it over your life. 
But just set your focus right here and watch what God does with that little passage of Scripture. It's amazing. There's always so much more that God has for us if we'll dig a little deeper, if we'll possess that hunger. And this is something that I know Pastor Brady has been praying over our church a lot, is that that this year, 2019, would be marked by an increased hunger for the Word of God and the Scriptures. I mean, may, that, may we lead the way on that, guys. May the Holy Spirit do something in us where He awakens us, this hunger in us for the Scripture. May He kindle this fresh passion in our heart for the Word of God and the Scriptures. You know, this is, this is something he's saying to the whole church, and I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, yes, and the men will lead the way in this. Let it be, Lord. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. See, here's, here's the result, though, of going deeper in the Scriptures and really meditating on the Scriptures. The result is, is that we end up deeper in the Scripture, and the Scripture ends up deeper in us. And how about that for a picture of an anchored man? I mean, that's the kind of man I want to be. I want to be anchored deep in the Scripture, and I want the Scripture to be anchored deep in me. And the result of that, the result of having the Scripture go deep in me is transformation. That's that's what happens. That's what the Word of God does in us as it works its way deeper and deeper into the soil of our hearts. It begins to change things. It begins to bring down strongholds. I love this picture of, of the scripture, the, the, the picture of the word of God being a two-edged sword. You know, in Hebrews, it talks about the word of God is alive and it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And when this two-edged sword starts to get deep in us, these strongholds that the enemy might have uh, Uh, constructed don't have a chance it just doesn't and this uh, think about this for for your life from the time you were very young the enemy has been scheming and plotting trying to come up with a way to establish a little toehold in your life And then that toehold becomes a foothold, which becomes a stronghold. But it starts with a toehold. And he can be patient. And this is true for every single one of us. No man is exempt from this. No man gets the pass. From the time you were young, from the time I was young, the thief has been lying. And so this is his plan. This is his master plan. If I can just get you to believe one little lie, then there's my toehold. Then I'll begin to build onto that lie. And there's my foothold. And then I'll continue to build that lie and grow that lie. And there's my stronghold. And then from the stronghold comes all kinds of nastiness. But oftentimes, if you really zero in on a stronghold, and when I say stronghold, that can mean a lot of different things. It can mean addiction. It it can mean... uh, it can mean a lot of different things. It can, uh, it's any, any part of life where the enemy has got a hold and he's able to influence and bring about his, his will and his plans in our life, that's a stronghold. 
But again, if you kind of look deeper into what a stronghold is made of, it's made of lies. And then here comes this truth, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it begins to, to bring down these strongholds. It's exactly what Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, you know, we don't fight with human weapons. The weapons we use, they have divine power to bring down strongholds. And I'll tell you guys, if you really want to see the enemy throw a hissy fit in your life, do this. Ask the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal lies that you've believed and ask the Holy Spirit to begin to show you what the truth is. And I guarantee the enemy will begin to squirm a little bit because he can see it coming. He knows it's coming. In John chapter 8, Jesus said it very clearly. He said uh, that Satan is the father of all lies and there is no truth in him. In the same breath, you know what Jesus said? The truth will set you free. The truth is what comes in and sets a man free. I have seen this work way too much. It, I cannot be convinced otherwise that the power of God's word radically transforms the human heart. And one way I've experienced this in my own life is you know, about 15 years ago, I had a serious bout of anxiety. And just a little bit of context here, I was working in the radio business and I was paralyzed by this anxiety, this fear of failure, of, of somehow blowing it. And that anxiety just permeated my daily life. I think one of the best ways I can explain what it was like to be in this season was it just felt like I was always in a blizzard, just disoriented all the time. And this anxiety weighing me down, this awful fear that just didn't seem to ever go away. And so I started wondering if it would ever go away. I just started getting used to it, and I, I began to wonder if I would ever see a day where this kind of fear and anxiety wasn't marking my life in such a significant way. And so in the middle of this disorienting, whatever you want to call it, it was like God leaned in close to me. I didn't hear him speak. This is really, honestly, before I knew the Holy Spirit really did speak on a personal level. But it was God leaning into me, and he was essentially saying, Gabe, cling to the scriptures. Now more than ever, get the scriptures into your heart. And so that's what I started doing. I started taking the scriptures and I would write them out and I'd put them in my back pocket on little note cards and I would be pulling them out all the time and reading them. And the anxiety didn't just disappear, but I would do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And I can look back on that season and I can absolutely say God transformed me through the power of the scriptures. And in fact, when I look back on that season, when I was in the season, I was thinking, I don't think this will ever go away. How, how could this ever go away? But now looking back, I'm like, I can't believe 
I, I was so caught in that. Like, just feels like a, a completely different person. But here's what the scriptures did as it started getting inside of me. started to expose the lies, I believed. And this is what I was saying is, is that, that stronghold of fear that the enemy had constructed in my life was built on a foundation of a couple of core lies. And the word of God started coming in like a two-edged sword or maybe even a two-edged axe, right? Just one little chop at a time, this big tree of fear that was just towering over my life, just one chop at a time, the word of God started to cut that down. And it works. It's not a quick process, but I'm telling you, there's nothing that compares with the power of the scripture getting deep into the soil of your heart, and what's going to happen is it's going to start to bring these strongholds down. It's just the way that God works. It's the divine power of God that's unleashed in a man's heart. And so let that be in 2019 for us. May it be true that this is not only a year where we grow in our love for the scriptures, but may this be a year, no matter where you're at, where you see the word of God unleashed into your heart and begin to create some transformation. So I want to leave you with this, this question. And this is a question that I hope you'll take your time with. I hope you'll take this question to God and allow him to, to, to reveal this to you. Ask him this. Say, God, what is a passage of Scripture that you want me to meditate on in 2019? What is a passage of Scripture? Maybe it's even one verse. Maybe it's more than that. But what is a passage of Scripture that God is leaning into you? He's aware of everything going on in this season of your life. He's aware of everything going on in your heart. And he's speaking your name and he's saying, this is where I want you to sink your teeth into, right here. I want you to meditate on this this year. I want your roots to go deep into this passage because there are some things I want to speak to you. There are some strongholds I want to bring down. There are some things that I want to bring into your life that will come through you meditating on this passage of Scripture. Let him show you. And as he shows you, be faithful in that. Bring that up to your mind throughout the day. Allow him to speak that to you afresh. And the last thing I'll say is this is the best way to learn to hear the voice of the Spirit. This is exactly what it looked like for me. I mentioned just a few moments ago that I didn't even know. There was a point in my life I didn't know the Holy Spirit would speak to me. But the more I got the scriptures into my heart, what it was doing, it was actually tuning my ears to recognize the voice of the, the Spirit. Then it came to the point where I started hearing the Spirit speak to me on certain things. And the same basic idea applies. When the Spirit speaks, begin to meditate on it. Think about it. Don't let it just pass right through, but digest what the Spirit is saying. Digest the truth of what the Spirit is speaking into your heart and soul. And again, you do that by meditating on it, thinking about it, pondering it, treasuring it up, chewing on it, whatever you want to say, but let it remain alive in your heart. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the scriptures. 
Your scriptures are alive and active. And no lie from hell can withstand the power of your word. So may it be this year, God, that the word of God is unleashed in every heart. That strongholds will come tumbling down. That transformation will happen. And Father, that word not only will, will get deep down inside of us, but it'll flow through us and it'll impact our families. It'll impact our marriages. It'll impact our kids. It'll impact our church. It'll impact our workplaces. It'll impact everything. So Father, I just pray for every man here that you would direct and guide and highlight for this year, what is the passage that you are inviting that man to really meditate upon and sink his teeth deeply into? And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody says, amen. amen.